CPAs can add value and, C and CPAs can work in the gray area of taxes. If you're doing your taxes on TurboTax, tax software does not work in the gray area. Hello and welcome to the Optimized Store Owner Show, a podcast that helps frustrated store owners become optimized store owners. We are your hosts, Aaron and Christian. We want to invite you to join us each week as we share tips, tactics, and strategies from the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the e-commerce industry. This podcast will help you add flexibility, stability, and happiness into your life. Ready? Let's go. Hey, I hope you're having a great day. This is a super value-packed episode talking about everything tax planning to help grow your business. You're going to learn these three things and more. Number one, how to plan and build wealth in your business. Yes, we talk about that with a CPA, which is a very interesting part of the conversation. I think will add a ton of value. Number two, the biggest tag advantages you should be implementing right now. I know I learned a lot of this because... Uh, there's a lot of things out there we just don't know. So it's really cool uh, as we kind of break down, break this down. And lastly, how, number three rather, and how to start planning in your business for a down economy as we are in a recession, heading towards a recession, or just how the market shifts, how you should be planning your business. All of this and more, enjoy. All right. Hey, Chase, how are you doing? Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I'm excited on this because I, I know that we get a lot of these questions uh, in general um, or more so. Let's say we get the other side of it because a lot of times the accountants are not necessarily friendly with their marketing agency uh, because they look at one thing and then right at just a traditional side of things. They look at some numbers and then we look at different numbers. So I want to try to like connect the two of them and to, to be more beneficial for both people to kind of like pay attention to the right numbers, I guess or what is the right number. So, um, and it's cool. You guys specifically work for the, for the e-commerce side of things. So, um, just in general, what do you guys do? I, I think your site specifically says it's like the, the new age or it's like the new thing for a fractional CFO. So what exactly can you guys do? Um, and then what, let's like, go from there. Yeah. So, I mean, we have a, we work with all small business types, um, but we have a large vertical in Amazon online sellers. So we've been doing it for a long time since we started really back in 2011. Um, and so my team, we have a team of 20 people currently. And, and so we focus on looking at being proactive with our clients, um, cash flow planning, kind of that um, fractional CFO, you know, controller type work, where we're looking at forward looking, whether it's retirement planning, you know, tax savings, whatever that looks like in the 1231. That's what we're trying to help our clients with. Um, customized dashboard and just keeping track of KPIs and things. Um, and then, but how we kind of incorporate all of that and bring it together is um, you help with the transactional side, which allows us to then make sure the data is accurate to advise on, uh, to be proactive, and then um, certainly help with taxes at the end of that. So right now, like if we're, let's say, for example, getting ready to finish 2022 and they have a ton of surplus of profit, um, what, do, what do you talk to people about like, who've done that? They're like, all right, I got a bunch of money right here. I think I'm going to be taxed on. Is there certain things that you guys try to plan for or like different ways to spend money or how do you suggest that they, you know, lower their burden of taxes that they have to pay if they made a lot of profit this year? Um, yeah, I'd say if you don't already have a CPA, contact one immediately uh, if you're making that much money. Um, but uh, certainly, you know, the conversation is depending on, I mean, where people are at. So we kind of have a white paper on our website where we kind of go through four phases that I've identified really 
um, as I've, we've worked with a number of online sellers. And so are you in phase one and you didn't realize you're going to make a bunch of money? Um, do you even have an LLC set up, you know, all the way to kind of phase four where, you know, you're doing seven, eight figure gross sales, um, you know, probably already have a structure set up. Um, are you maximizing the right um, needles of, you know, maybe paying a spouse, paying kids, maybe we're not getting, taking the right deductions, you know, maybe there's some more retirement planning to do that you haven't really got into yet, cash flow forecast, et cetera. So really just depends on the gamut of um, where people are at in their Amazon online seller journey. Is that, um, I guess it's dependent on every single business on what they're doing, but uh, I've never heard of the CPA side of things as far as like the the wealth building side as much, right? I feel it is more like a, and just my personal opinion, I feel like it's more of the, this is your profit and loss and this is like, yeah, some tax planning, but you're talking more about the wealth building side of things too. Like, do you guys work alongside like a financial planner or you guys can help with that? Like, maybe you can explain a little bit more. Yeah, so full disclosure, we're not a registered investment advisor. Um, we, I mean, I'm working on the license currently, but um, uh, so we don't get into the investment part of it. I mean, I'm happy to refer out, you know, several people that we, you know, have a conversation with, recommend having a conversation with. If you're already working with somebody, great. Um, where we try to go with it, you know, CPAs are typically um, allowed to have the financial planning conversation without being licensed. So we typically do 75% of the the talk and then, you know, hand it off to somebody to, to facilitate it. But how philosophically um, I try to work with my clients and how I manage my own business and life is, you know, most people try to build and build and reinvest and get to an end point and then look for that golden nugget to fund whatever lifestyle they want or retirement, whatever that looks like. And so for small business owners, you know, my philosophy has always been um, put something away as you're going along that journey. So at the end of the day, you're not counting on selling your business and hoping for a number that likely won't ever come your way because all of the sweat equity and time and effort you put into it, you know, generally doesn't get what you're looking for. And um, so, you know, whether it's, you know, a thousand, whether it's 5,000, whether it's 50,000 or more, you know, let's put something away annually. And that's what we try to work with our clients on the wealth building side on saving money as you, as you go along and, and through your journey of your online selling business. Um, now, certainly if you're starting out, you know, you're kind of in that phase one, phase two that we've identified, obviously there's cash flow to be, um, you know, dealt with. So, you know, we don't necessarily recommend putting money into this uh, retirement account that you can't get access to without a penalty um, until you're ready to do that. So we're not going to recommend that until uh, it makes sense to recommend it based off certainly your goals. Maybe you're looking to buy a house, you know, and you don't want to do that this year. Um, and then cash flow, you know, if you're still borrowing money, you know, that's not something we recommend. You know, we try to get our clients to uh, self fund themselves. So, you know, it, once you're getting kind of phase three, phase, certainly phase four, you shouldn't be taking really lines of credit at these high rates. You should be kind of borrowing against yourself um, to fund inventory purchases um, and making sure you're paying off credit cards monthly so you're not hitting high interest rates. Um, so it really just depends on that journey, but, you know, certainly making that recommendation when it makes sense. 
Um, and, you know, again, whether it's doing a basic individual IRA for six grand or less, just to even start um, on that journey, maybe it's 500 a year, I don't know, but it's something because most people don't even put something away um, to save for retirement. Um, and they just wait for this illusion of a, you know, gold nugget at the end of the rope um, that, you know, should happen for them because they've built this up, but anything can happen in between now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one other thing that I saw, um, which was interesting too, right? So we talked about the investment side and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but because it's, it's very interesting, but the, I think a lot of people are also interested in like the how can I save on taxes? What are, what are you seeing? I guess is most commonly like with it, with an e-commerce store that they're overpaying on taxes or not taking advantage of things to, to lower their taxable um, income at that point. Um, it really just depends on what they're already doing currently. But um, you know, I mean, the biggest thing we see is inventory count. Um, most, people that come to us aren't keeping track of it properly. A lot of them are expensing inventory when they shouldn't be. Um, That can significantly drive your profit and loss and your taxable income. Um, But beyond that, um, you know, do they have an S-Corp election? I mean, are they in a partnership? Um, What does that look like? It really depends on your situation, but let's just use for an example, it's a one owner S-Corp business. Um, You know, if you hopefully you have an LLC set up or an Inc, uh, legally, you know, have you made an S corp election, uh, or you, you know, just filing as a sole prop and paying a bunch of payroll taxes. So certainly that's something we're going to look at first is the structure, um, and make sure it's tax efficient. And then beyond that, you know, like I mentioned in the beginning, paying spouse, paying kids, um, you know, if they, if they're not already doing that, if your spouse doesn't work, um, you know, our minimum is at least paying them 500 a month to qualify for social security. Um, maxing out 401k if we're into that conversation and paying them uh, just to do that. And you've got kids where you, you know, are they old enough to be working in the business? Um, Can we create job descriptions for them? Can they have earned it, you know, create earned income so they can contribute to a child Roth IRA uh, to grow tax-free for, you know, tell my clients not just for education, but you've got medical expenses, purchase of a first home or retirement. Kids are going to have one of those four. So if you're already saving for a 529 plan, um, that's all after tax money and not really getting a benefit out of it, you might as well start with doing, um, you know, a child Roth IRA and then going beyond that. And then from there, um, you know, we certainly look at um, other avenues of tax taxable vehicles, you know, depending on your cash flow, what do you have to do? But to be honest, um, through 2025, uh, my most of my conversations have been um, why park your money in a vehicle that you can't get access to just to save taxes when we're in an ultra historically low rate tax environment right now through 2025. And um, you know, if you're in a non-tax state like we are here in Texas, it certainly makes sense to pay the tax on the profits right now uh, versus popping it in some charitable remainder trust or some other vehicle just to get a deduction. Um, yeah, that check hurts to write sometimes, but um, you know, like Oprah says, uh, she's glad she can at least have the ability to write, you know, the check to the IRS. Uh, 
So uh, the number hurts, but you know, we're let's just say in a non-tech state, your effective rate 25, 30%. You know, if you're investing that properly in the market, um, you can make that money back in three to five years right now. Uh, if you're in a taxable state, you know, your average rate's probably around 35-ish. Um, so you, your window might be a little bit longer to make that back, but you again are still depending on your age, of course. You know, if you're a younger age, you can make that money back um, in the market reinvested properly. So that's what I'm recommending to my clients is keep your cash liquid, um, invest it properly, and just pay tax on it. Well, it's like a good amount of money to have for the bit. Let's say I'm going to give you specific figures, I think, to help the, the general, general part of this. Let's say the business is grossing a million dollars per year. What kind of like liquid capital are you suggesting to businesses like that? Just assuming that, you know, they're, like I said, a million dollars per year, their overheads 30, 40% or something like that, just to give kind of ballparks for you to work off of. Yeah. I mean, if you're a one owner grossing a million, you're probably netting, I mean, your margins are probably anywhere from 15 to 25. So let's just call it a quarter million uh, net after, you know, to keep a round number after expenses. Um, so from there, um, you know, what does your reasonable salary need to be is the first step as an S corp. Uh, we have a third party software to tell us what that needs to be. Um, so we'll go ahead and run that for our clients. Make sure you're paying yourself that number. Um, and then from there, depends on a cash flow conversation. You know, maybe they are, have incomes coming from somewhere else. Maybe they don't. You know, do you want to put away for retirement? What are your investment goals? Um, you know, what what do you have on the short term cash horizon coming up? Um, whether we should do that or not. And then again, back to spouse and kids. You know, what does that look like? Are we paying them this year or not? Um, you know, do you, what does your health plan look like? Are you maxing out a HSA account? Um, and those are really the, the starting points of how we'll have a conversation with clients. I wanted to go back just um, more on the businesses or e-commerce businesses that are just starting out. Um, I guess the question would be, would they need a CPA right away? And if not, or if yes, um, what would you recommend them to at least get started with? Um, maybe some software recommendations. Yeah, I definitely recommend, um, you know, we're, we use QuickBooks Online here and it's on your CPA. Um, uh, we use A2X plugin, you know, to sync Amazon transactions. Um, we use uh, A2X for Shopify plugin. We have other plugins too to, to sync merchant accounts. Um, but definitely recording those transactions properly because what hits your bank account is not necessarily what your gross income is generally. Usually that's all after fees. So if you're just going by your checking account, you're not really keeping track of it properly uh, for tax reporting. Um, but, you know, I recommend anybody that has a business or rental property or both, you know, should definitely have a licensed CPA they're working with to help with taxes because CPAs can add value and, C and CPAs can work in the gray area of taxes. If you're doing your taxes on TurboTax, tax software does not work in the gray area. So, for example, um, home Internet is what I like to give. So home Internet. If you put it in TurboTax, it's going to be a home office deduction, which is pennies on the dollar. 
um, you need your internet to run your business. So that should be a full deduction on your Schedule C. It's not going to count the $800 a year you spend on internet on a Schedule C to reduce your taxable income. Mm. It's going to give you pennies on the dollar of a home office deduction at the bottom of that Schedule C. So that's just an example uh, of how you know tax software doesn't help benefit your taxable situation um, when you're not using you know CPA tax software uh, to work in the gray area. Um, okay, so many questions, I guess, from that. Like, currently, just more personally, on I guess we have two offices here in the Dallas area, and then I also work out of my house from that too. Do businesses like also write that off too? Like, so Christian has to work from home for a week or whatever for the internet. Like, is it just done by a percentage, or like if he works at his house or I work at my house or whatever for the internet? Is that also part of a potential tax write-off or no, because we have offices here? I'm just curious now. Um, usually, if you have a commercial office, um, the IRS rule is no on that. Got it. Good to know. I was like, okay, well, that sounds interesting. Um, so I, I was we were talking earlier, and I think we've just been talking about this in general, just market awareness of like what's happening, right? So whether whether you believe we're in a recession or you don't or whatever else, right? That's the kind of the, the conversation. But how are you guys talking or planning or strategizing with your current customers about a potential downturn in a market or whatever else? Like whether if it is an upturn or a downturn, right? How do we how do we plan for that? Or what are you guys suggesting for things for the next, you know, 12 to 18 months as far as like their planning? Yeah, great question. I mean, we're currently working with this for our clients and trying to, you know, really educate them on it's not always going to be, you know, great. Sometimes you got to plan for down periods, uh, like you mentioned. So in a forecast, we do a rolling 12 month forecast for our clients um, using software and plugging in real time data to, to do that. And so as we forecast out the next 12 months through 2023, you know, we're kind of giving a, a toggle between on gross and how does that affect the net? Um, you know, what is kind of worst case scenario that you feel like your revenues would drop to? And then, you know, what are you setting your sights for as the champagne moment for 2023? What does that look like in between? Um, and you know, that's kind of what we're using to on our dashboard that we put out uh, with software again, monthly, you know, looking at that KPI, kind of where are you falling in month to month? How's it trending through 2023? That's what we're going to be looking at. So, you know, I'd say, I mean, I do it for my own budget. You know, I don't, Obviously, CPA being conservative, you know, like I don't uh, shoot for the moon on my numbers all the time. But, uh, you know, my advisors always tell me I'm sandbagging. Uh, but, you know, I, I like to be conservative. So what is the kind of baseline I anticipate, you know, bringing in and uh, what does that look like for me? And that's how we treat kind of the budget rolling forecast uh, philosophy when we're working with clients. Hey, so owners, are you ready to grow and scale your online business predictably and profitably? We've created a free 15 minute training that will walk you through the five key areas every online store needs to achieve financial success. You can grab the free training by going to optimizestoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training or clicking the link below in the podcast description. Again, that is optimizedstoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training. Is that baseline ever like, so you have cash reserves or whatever, but like, let's say you're forecasting and your baseline is where you're basically breaking even at that point. 
do you guys as the fractional CFO side of things start to look at like, okay, what do we cut to get us back into the black or, um, you know, we can bleed money for the next three months, but if it doesn't change, then we make these decisions. Are you guys having those types of conversations or like what, at what point do you guys start to get a little nervous about cash reserves and like planning out for things like that? Uh, it's a great question. I mean, I think it's a bit, difficult for online seller, you know, Amazon clients to answer that because uh, it's such a, it's such a roller coaster of when your sales are happening, depending on what products you're selling. Mm. Um, most clients are in Q4 where they're going to, you know, sell most of their products. So yeah, you go through the year and I mean, let's just say we're in July or August and you, you've got three horrible months, you're burning cash, but typically Q4 is your busy time. So, I mean, you really, can't answer that, you know, do you keep burning it till, you know, sales come in that you anticipate? Um, you know, at that point, you're kind of judging. I mean, at that point, you should have inventory already in place anyway to, to send off but and sell. Um, but, you know, do you have the cash flow to keep burning that and, and wait? Um, that's when it comes to really cash flow forecasting for us. You know, that's when you're, really kind of the early phases when you're burning that cash and hoping waiting for the the big q4 golden moment to happen um you know how do you get past that hump in the business uh phase and that's where kind of phase three phase four we identify comes in certainly phase four when you're making enough cash you can do that but you know certainly starting out i mean everybody's got to start somewhere right so we um you know try to help our clients through that and eventually get over the hump so they're not having to really burn a lot of cash uh, or borrow money to pay bills and wait for Q4 to come around. Yeah, I was going to say one of the things that uh, just for us personally, and that I did see this on here for you, which I think is inter interesting to mention, uh, which is that you guys are endorsed by uh, by Dave Ramsey, which is uh, uh, not a an accolade that I think they give to, to most people, um, especially in the in that CPA world, which I think, like we said, is trying not to get those people to go into debt to pay, be able to pay for those things. So I think that's a interesting part of it. So what was the, I'm just curious, what was the process for that? Just to kind of give some credibility here for, I'm sure most people know who Dave Ramsey is, but what's the credibility or kind of like stipulations you guys have to go through um, to be able to even get that as an endorsement? Yes, um, I was fortunate to to get it back in 2011 uh, when I first started my business. Um, I just got lucky and and basically uh, it was it became available. So a person in they do it by area, but a person in Austin was the endorsed local provider for tax for Dave Ramsey's um, team in Austin, and and she was retiring. And so they interviewed like six or eight people, I think, um, in, in Austin area. And uh, we were fortunate to be selected um, as, you know, really what they're looking for is kind of a, a teacher at heart, um, you know, helping educate people like we're doing here today um, and uh, making sure you're looking out for your clients um, on the right space. So a lot of Dave Ramsey clients, uh, you know, come to him because they're in a situation and they're looking for free advice. Uh, but Dave will even tell you on a show that, uh, you know, CPAs aren't free. So mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you got to pay for it somehow. Um, but if you're running a business, I mean, he tells you straight out, if you have a business or rental property, 
you know, just like I mentioned before, there's no reason uh, you shouldn't have a CPA on your team helping you. But yeah, it's been a great partnership. Uh, I mean, we've been with him for 11 years now and, and, you know, we've helped a lot of uh, Ramsey referrals here in Austin um, with their taxes and, and businesses too. Thank you for mentioning it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I guess another question from that, hopefully everyone who's listening to this podcast episode either goes to your website or calls you um, <laughs> and hires you as a CPA, but if they're not able to, what would be maybe your recommendation um, or things to look out for, or maybe red flags, right, um, from other CPAs or things to, once you hear that, you need to, you know, turn around and, and go to, to towards someone else? Uh, I always say my first thing is working with a licensed um, CPA because uh, if, if you're working with unlicensed people, you don't have any recourse is the biggest thing. Um, you know, you could be running your business and you could have a separate bookkeeper and you have a separate tax person. Um, you know, those two aren't incentivized to come together. That's the reason I started my business 11 years ago was to bridge that gap. Um, but if you have, you're working with unlicensed people, you know, they literally, it's just bookkeepers, for example, you know, can anything can happen in life. They can disappear. They could, you know, accident. You can't get access to your data. Um, there's no recourse to get your data. As a licensed CPA, um, you can go to a state board. You can file a complaint. Um, they have a team uh, within their local chapters to, you know, come to that person's office and get that data extracted for you. Um, and that's that's the biggest thing. So taxes too. You know, a lot of people. Uh, you know, don't really realize that you can be a high school graduate, pay $60 to the IRS, and now you can be a tax expert uh, filing taxes for people. Oh, wow. Um, there's no legal requirement or education requirement to be a tax person and to file taxes for people. Um, you've got an enrolled agent, you know, the IRS uh, credential has, and then you have, you know, CPA um, to file it. So I certainly recommend if you're doing taxes as a business owner, to get a licensed CPA um, to make sure um, they're hopefully being done correctly. I mean, you know, if you're a licensed CPA, you're not going to put your professional liability at risk um, and miss filing taxes. Uh, I've, I've not seen that in my career, but I have seen EAs and I have seen unlicensed people miss filing taxes for people. So, um, you know, CPA is, I think is important, at least for taxes and certainly for keeping track of accounting and helping make sure your financials are accurate. Um, you know, get with a, a firm, whether it's us at Ansonia CPA or another licensed CPA firm, um, to make sure everything is kept properly for you and avoid any IRS red flags. As far as opportunity, what would you say is the biggest opportunity for people with their taxes right now. So I don't want to say I, I wanted to use the word mistake that they're, that they're, that they're making. Right. But biggest opportunity for people. Um, like I said, that most people listening, I'm guessing, are you know, a million, couple million dollars per year. Um, so maybe a little bit higher than that, but most of the time, right. Any opportunities that they can take advantage of, like we're recording this in the fourth quarter of 2022, but something that they can take advantage of um, right now that's just like a, a a commonly missed one that I think that they could get some like tactical, actionable advice on here. Uh, we've already had an LLC and you haven't made the S-Corp election. I think that's the first step. 
um, if you're already an S corp. And um, I think the biggest thing we see with existing larger businesses is salary. You know, what are they paying themselves? Usually it's just a number they pick out uh, of the air, or, you know, guess, or somebody else told them they should use this number. Um, I think generally that's where we immediately save people money. Uh, if they haven't run it yet uh, and they're waiting for year end, uh, we recommend running it through a payroll service and getting that deduction in the business because it's more tax efficient to do it that way and pay payroll taxes in the business. So the employer side is deducted out and reduces your K-1 uh, profits uh, when it comes over to your personal taxes versus that number goes straight to the bottom of your 1040. It's, it's, you can't get rid of it. Um, so more tax efficient to run payroll through your business. But those are the two biggest things we see is S-Corp election, setting up an LLC one, S-Corp election two, and then reasonable salary is three where we immediately can save people money. Um, what is, so I feel like this is a question that maybe a nuance or not a nuance, but, a um, a newbie question, but like whenever we were first starting out, basically everybody was like, just put everything on the business or like, you know, most things on the business. Is that like a, a is that even a realistic or B like good practice? Right. So like I have Spotify. So should the business pay for Spotify because I listen to music while I work and that's like a, a business write off or, you know, I need a whatever else. Like, can you, is that a good practice to use things that are like ancillary like that and have the business pay for them to, to get, I don't know, versus like reducing like uh, what you're saying, like you pay yourself a certain amount of money and you can potentially pay yourself off of the profit or whatever else. And so your K one is reduced, but then the other things in your life are also paid for by the business. And that reduces your, you know, gives you personally more money too. like, is that a good strategy or do you kind of suggest against those things? Um, I'd say I can't answer that question specifically, okay. but, uh, in general, um, I would, in general, I try to tell people, you know, especially when they go from like a W2 job to owning your own business, um, and running Amazon, your whole, your whole life is a tax deduction. So what are you doing in your day-to-day -day life? Is this related to your business? Can it be deductible? Mm. Um, and that's kind of how I try to frame the mindset of, of people figuring out, okay, is this Chick-fil-A, uh, is this a business deduction or am I paying for my family's meal right now? You know, what is, what are we doing? Mm. Um, and, uh, just as a round example, but, um, you know, certainly, uh, you can read whatever you want on the internet, so you can go either way. Um, you know, people out there send these articles to me and they're like, yeah, my, you know, hair and nails and massages are deductible because this person said it. Um, and we say, well, what does the IRS code say? Uh, it says no. So we're going to go with that one um, because our name's on the return. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we're not we're not going to risk any red flags here um, filing taxes and risking our professional liability. But, we, you know, we're going to go with the what the IRS code says and make sure um, we're following the, their rules and staying out of their radar uh, when it comes to gray area deductions. Got it. Yeah, that's it. that answers the question, uh, which, I, like I said, I feel like it is. It's just such a gray area. And plus, it's like business owners like ourselves, like hear from another business owner who don't actually talk to a CPA. They just Google something like we saw it on the Internet. Like I can basically just write off my car. All you have to do is just 
you know, say that the business bought the car and then, right, you, you don't really buy the car, right? It's just the business paid for it. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, you've heard it so many times. I'm like, what's actually the truth? So I'm just curious on that. <laughs> um, uh, as far as, I guess, planning into this next year, what is something that you guys are seeing? Are there any new tax codes that are coming out or anything that's kind of like, Hey, just be aware of these things that are coming out that will be, you know, helpful for business owners. Cause you mentioned the, the, the lower taxes until 2025, I'm guessing some president or some person signed into, you know, or whatever happened to where we have quote unquote lower taxes until that period. And then do they readdress them at that? But I don't know. It's just a whole different area that I don't understand. So I'm just curious if there's any something new things or what's happening after that 2025 year that you're talking about. Yeah, the um, it was Trump who signed that bill in through 2025, and then you know whoever's in office then, uh, those rates sunset at the end of 2025, so December 31st. So 2026 tax year will be you know whatever Congress um, passes for new tax rates. Um, I was just on a webinar the other day talking about what that may look like. Um, certainly planning from now till through the end of 25 um, with larger, wealthier clients, you know, what we may need to do and be aware of there, but it's a different conversation. Um, but in general, I mean, next year, uh, there really isn't much that's changed. Uh, I mean, at least in the online seller, Amazon type businesses, um, there haven't been any major tax changes. Uh, it's pretty much staying the same. Um, I we haven't been aware of any yet that have been announced. Okay. Oh, I had a, a personal question, uh, or my personal for the business side of things. Uh, not personally. Hey, can you do my taxes? Um, no. The so we have a product that is a digital product. We offer a service, and it is a video part of it as well. Is it just a default, right? You charge taxes on that, or since it is part of a service that could be considered not taxed. Um, and then I guess I have a second part of that question too, but hopefully that makes sense. So I'm just curious. We've kind of are we talking sales taxes now? Yeah, sales taxes specifically. Yeah, taxes, sales tax. Uh, probably have to take a look at exactly what you're doing there, but um, I have to break that up and see how you're selling it. Okay. Yeah, and then the other part of it is like it's from all over the world, so I don't know if that part of it messes with anything here or whatever. So I'm just. They are curious on that. It's one of those things where it's like there's nothing clear cut on the online, so uh, figured it worth the worth the ask at this point because <laughs> do not get to talk to a CPA on a regular basis. Um, well, I mean, with that, sorry. Well, with that, do do you guys help with that sort of globalization of of e-commerce brands, right? Um, and how does that look, or is there anything different that comes with? a brand, an e-commerce brand wanting to sort of expand globally? Like, does that change anything with it within taxes? Um, it, yeah, it does on the sales tax side. I mean, you've got, you know, European tax there too, GST. Um, you know, we recommend internationally for clients, you know, not selling through Amazon and collecting it, but selling on your own uh, and shipping um, into there or within there. Jurisdiction, um, Avalara is the best international mm. sales tax company. Um, if you're just U.S. only, tax jars a lot cheaper and just as if just as efficient. Um, so that's kind of how we break those two up. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, it was definitely um, 
have some brains that that, that may be a very uh, like a possibility very soon. Uh, nice, awesome, Chase. This has been extremely valuable. Um, a ton of information here. Uh, outside of your website, is there any good place that we should send people to connect with you guys, or is the website the best spot to, to do so? Yeah, no, Insani CPA, um, you know, I-N-S-O-G-N-A-C-P-A.com is where you can find us. Um, you know, hit us up in the contact form and love to have a conversation with you. Um, and we'll reach out. Um, you know, also like to add, uh, I'm personally like a huge points and miles uh, person, like as a hobby and travel the world, first class, business class, five-star hotels on points. And uh, so a lot of people like to get cash back, um, you know, depending on what you're what you want to do with it. But um, that's one of the things we help online sellers with, because obviously you're buying, especially if you're arbitraging, you're buying stuff every day uh, to resell. Um, you know, what are the right credit cards, uh, you know, to use and benefit yourself personally, um, whether it's cash back or free travel. Um, you know, we try to help our clients you use that as an avenue for kind of quote building wealth too. Very cool. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chase. This is extremely valuable and uh, really appreciate the time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. That's a wrap. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories at BitBraining and let us know what you thought about this episode. And next, make sure to leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach more people and continue to improve the podcast for you. All right, guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.